You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, it's hour two on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. I think we settled on a poll question last hour, McLovin. Is that right? Yes. Which older quarterback will throw the most TDs this year? We, <laughs> we put up Breeze, Ben, Brady, and Rivers. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, they, what if they all end up exactly the same at like 34 touchdowns? Yeah, I don't even know if you'll get that many out of Breeze. Ben, you could. I, I don't know what Ben normally averages. I mean, they're a passing team. Carolina's going to run the ball a lot with Christian McCaffrey. And even if they do throw, it's usually those dump-off passes to uh, McCaffrey out of the backfield. But, um, oh, you're talking about the oldest quarterback. You're not talking yeah. about the uh, NFC South. Okay, so Teddy Bridgewater's not in there. But Brady, I don't even know what his numbers are. Like, I never look at Brady's stats. I've never looked at them. You know, the year that they had Randy Moss, that, of course, was, you know, trumpeted. They didn't win the Super Bowl that year, but that was an incredible year for him. I just never looked at Brady's numbers and went, wow, or, oh, boy, that's disappointing. I usually look at touchdown to interception ratio because that's why Jameis Winston's no longer there. If Jameis Winston throws for 30 touchdowns and throws five interceptions and they go to the playoffs, are they all in on Jameis Winston? But when you throw 30 interceptions, and I don't know how many fumbles he had as well, you know, he's turning the ball over probably more than 30 times, 30 times more than Tom Brady did. You can't have that at that position. You can't have that disparity. Yeah, McLevin. I'm seeing a wave of excitement about Big Ben now that he cut his hair. He looks like five years younger. So everyone's always like, whoa, he's going to have a big season. Okay. I saw that on Twitter. But this is what I don't understand. He's basically in the same shape as he was even though he just cut off his beard and his hair. Because when you saw him, when he was throwing a couple of weeks ago, I went, wow, Ben, you're going to go two ways. You're going to be quarterback and nose tackle here for the Steelers. Wow. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at DP. Spent a little time in the first hour talking about Michael Jordan, the feuds that he has with teammates, friends, And uh, Horace Grant came out. Horace Grant won three titles with the Bulls. And uh, then he went to Orlando. And Michael thought that Horace Grant was the snitch for Sam Smith's great book, The Jordan Rules. And whether it's true or not, Michael even bringing it up in the documentary. Understand this. Michael Jordan's not easy to like as, as a person. He's easy to love as a basketball player. As a teammate, okay, you're going to win. You're going to pay a little bit of a price there. But he is a brilliant basketball player, marketing, brand, global, all of those things. Keep in mind, Charles Barkley speaks out about Michael or uh, Michael as an, uh, an owner. They haven't spoken since. They were friends for over 20 years, maybe 25 years. Haven't spoken since then. Scotty Pippen did come out a couple of times and say, He thinks LeBron, I'm paraphrasing, will be better than Michael when it's all said and done. There's Michael, you know, feeling the slight there and probably not in Scottie Pippen's corner. Horace Grant, well, you're the snitch. You're going to be the snitch. You're always going to be the snitch. And uh, I don't care what anybody says, you're the snitch. Michael Jordan, when he went into the Hall of Fame, didn't he call out his high school coach who cut him? He roasted everybody. This never ends. 
It doesn't stop. This is who Michael Jordan is, the person. But that's what helped him be Michael Jordan, the basketball player. Here is Horace Grant. He was on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Cap and Company podcast, talking about just how much of the last dance was not true. 90% of it was, I don't know if I can say it on air, but BS. In terms of um, the realness of it, as I stated the other day, that it wasn't real. Because a lot of things that he said to uh, some of his teammates, his teammates went back at it. But all of that was kind of edited out of the documentary, if you want to call it a documentary. Now, Horace Grant has also said that Michael Jordan is a snitch because in the documentary... Jordan talks about his rookie year going to one of his teammates' hotel room. And he walks in and he sees women, weed, and cocaine. And he, he, doesn't, he said basically the whole team was in there. Now, I looked at the roster. Maybe you looked at the roster and ran down the names. That would be a snitch because it has no context to be put into The Last Dance, the documentary. Even if he's asked about it. Hey, what was it like? Now, I, hey, I loved it. It was salacious. It was interesting. Got a big chuckle out of Michael. But you talk about turning on your teammates, that they were in there partying. It has nothing to do with the last year. It has nothing to do with the, the dynasty. Nothing. Unless you say, well, Michael realized that he had to clean out the locker room there. Okay, we all know that because they weren't any good. But I, I understand what Horace Grant is saying. And I don't know if Horace Grant was the snitch. Horace Grant admits that he was friends with Sam Smith, still friends with Sam Smith. Sam's not going to tell you who the snitch is or source. And, and I've been told that there are a couple of sources on the Bulls. So... If it's Horace, there's somebody else there, too, from what I was told. I didn't get a name, but I certainly got an indication of who that person might be, whether that's true or not. But that, once again, just look at the, the flu game now, the, now the food poisoning game and how that took off. And now we got the Pizza Hut guy who says it wasn't five, there were two of us. Okay, wait a minute. You got eyewitnesses saying there were five that showed up there to deliver the pizza. Like, what is it? Trying to separate fact from fiction here is, it seems like it's fruitless here. Why did he go play baseball? What's the story behind that? His father was murdered. What's the story behind? Like, we, we don't take anything at face value. It, it doesn't feel like. But then you have these little windows here where you look in and go, well, is Michael telling the truth about this? Like, you could have, you didn't have to bring up the food poisoning. We were good with the flu. We didn't need it. And now we have food poisoning. And now you have, you know, hey, everybody get their story straight. Okay, what is it? Okay, Michael didn't get to eat. He was mad. And uh, we ordered a pizza. Five guys show up. And uh, they peek in. They just want to wave. And then that's it. And Michael spits on the pizza so nobody else gets sick. Okay? That's our story. Okay. Good? Good. All right. So I don't know. Who's disproving that? But it's just part of this and the fact that, you know, Horace has a problem with Michael. Remember, Horace says it's true. Michael said to the flight attendant, do not feed Horace Grant after a bad game. <laughs> and Horace Grant said, that's true. But he said, make no mistake about this. 
I would have kicked Michael's ass back then. But you weren't allowed to back then. Horace, Horace has to be careful because he still works for the Bulls, I believe. And, you know, the commissioner can't like this when you hear Horace saying, you know, like he's threatening Jordan or feels like, hey, you want to settle this, we can settle this. This isn't what the commissioner wants out of this. Certainly not these times. But Horace Grant has his side of this, and so does Jordan. And Jordan usually wins all of these arguments here. But this isn't going away because it just feels like this is open season to talk about all of this. And when we do, it's hard to separate fact from fiction. Because I don't know, and I feel like I have really good sources on this with a lot of this stuff, and you can't get a straight answer. And as I told you guys yesterday, I was told that Jordan was staying in Park City, which people think, oh my God, he wouldn't be staying all the way out there. It takes you 35 minutes to get to Park City. He was staying there, that's what I was told, by three sources, that's where he was staying. That night. I don't know what he was drinking. I don't know what he was eating. I don't know what he was smoking his cigar. Whatever it is, I don't know. But it just feels like there's all of these different stories that surround Jordan. But that's always been the case. But people never talked about this. That's what should be emphasized. People were afraid to talk about this. Now it feels like with the documentary, hey, everybody's got a story. I'll tell you mine. Yes, Eden. Uh, According to my sources... Um, I was just told that in the mid to late 90s, Horace Grant actually owned a chain of pizza stores and pizza shops in the greater Salt Lake area. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's that's what my sources just told me. Full circle. Okay, we're going to go with that. Celebrity journalist Flo Anthony, who claims to have spoken to a source with knowledge from someone close to Woods, says Tiger is struggling. My source may have been uh, someone in chat row, but they're that's no okay. less credible. That's, you, no know what? Less credible. Hey, you don't have to tell me who your snitch is. I don't know. You don't have to tell me. Yes, McLovin. I heard that the guys who delivered were both 6'9 and both looked like brothers, and their names were Harvest and Hor- uh, Harvey and Horace. <laughs> I don't know if that's coincidence. Full uniform. Too far, yeah. 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 And you could have worked on the delivery, too. Nobody talks about Harvey Grant, by the way. I just want to bring that up. <laughs> Why would we talk about Harvey Grant? He played. Who was better? Uh, you remember off the top of your head? They were about the same. I mean, Horace was a good player, and he'd give you 12 and 8. He was a good defensive player. Harvey might have been a better scorer, but uh, Harvey played for the Bullets. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Harvey Grant had a run where he averaged about 18 for three years straight with the Bullets. Nobody's breaking down Harvey Grant. No, nobody is today. Nobody. Uh, I mentioned Jameis Winston with all of his turnovers. (laughs) He had 30 interceptions, five lost fumbles. And Brady had eight interceptions, one lost fumble. So you've got... Pretty uh, sizable difference there on the number of turnovers. Nobody had more than 23 turnovers, total turnovers last year, other than Jameis Winston at 35. So that's why Tom Brady is there. If Jameis Winston throws for 30 and has eight interceptions, he's probably still back in Tampa. Photos leaked yesterday of Brady leading a workout with his new Buccaneer teammates at a high school in Tampa. And I don't know if the NFL has any problems with this as long as they're following the safety guidelines. Florida's open for business. But it feels like there's a problem with Patriot fans, believe it or not. Patriot fans seeing Brady in an orange jersey made it real. Because you go, okay, Tom's not here. And then you see Tom in a Buccaneers uniform and you're like, what? How did this happen? 
And there he is throwing to O.J. Howard and Mike Evans and Cameron Brait. So this is real. The NFL season is a long way away. But based on the leaked photos, Brady is serious about getting to work and turning this around because it's been a long time since my Buccaneers have been in the playoffs. Now, here is something that I found interesting. There is a uh, narrative forming in New England that Brady checked out on the Patriots the last couple of years. Seeing him work out with the Buccaneers may have fired up New England fans. Here's something from WEEI.com's Ryan Hannibal. He writes, although some examples were not as big as others, Tom Brady changed in his final few years as a member of the Patriots. The biggest example was the lack of commitment to his teammates during the offseason. As for his final two seasons, he did not attend OTAs during the spring and only attended the three days of mandatory minicamp. Dun, dun. Here it is. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, come on, Seton. What do you want to say about your Patriot fans there? My Patriots fans are the reporters. Oh, well, that's aren't like, they the that's same? That's like the dumbest story I've ever heard in my entire life. He checked out the last couple of years. They were in the Super Bowl four of his last five years. I know. The, the year that he checked out after the, the Steelers game, they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, they checked he out. checked out on the team. Imagine if he really cared. The Super Bowl oh wouldn't have been God. that close. Yeah. Yeah, McLovin. Michael Jordan always attended minicamp. <laughs> just saying. He, Jordan went to the Patriots OTAs. That's how dedicated he was. No, he, he, no, no. But, you know, the whole thing with Brady is he did say that he needed to, when he did this interview with Howard Stern, what was one of the headlines? Hey, I, I needed to spend time on my marriage. My wife said to me, hey, what about us? The season's over. What about us? And Brady was honest about that to say, I needed to stay at home to be a father and a husband. If that's checking out on your team, man, there's a pretty, pretty high bar that's set there. Yeah, see. The funny thing about stories like this is that in like five years or however long you'll be talking about uh, like Brady as a Hall of Famer. Well, I don't know. I'm already checked out those last couple of years. Uh, you know, like that stuff sticks in people's heads and like, I don't know. I, oh. Was he a good patriot? I don't know. He checked out those last couple of years. Don't forget about that. May may my quarterback have the dedication to Tom Brady. Let's put it that way. I don't know many who would have more dedication because it feels like that's all Brady thinks of is football. Working out in his backyard with his helmet on, you know, getting Gronk to come out of retirement. Oh, he didn't try to get Gronk to come out of retirement as a Patriot. Like, oh, man, they're gone. They've moved on from Tom Brady. Jared Stidham better be pretty good. He better be pretty good here. I had a couple of phone calls in here. Craig in Pennsylvania is back. Hi, Craig. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan. How are you? Good, bud. What do you have for me? Good. Um, I'm just wondering. You're talking about Jordan a lot, and you know, obviously, him as a player was amazing. I grew up watching him, and it's awesome seeing the last stance and stuff like that. But how come he can't bring the competitiveness that he was as a player? to the front office with Charlotte. I brought that up. I brought that up on Monday, but he can't control it. You know, he, he can make draft picks, but my, my thought was he hasn't been able to sign free agents. 
That, to me, is the surprising part of all of this. They made a run at Gordon Hayward. They lost out. You know, he stayed in Utah back then. Other than that, they don't sign free agents. You would think Jordan, as your owner, you'd want to play with Jordan, right? That is not the case. And maybe you say, well, Charlotte's not a big market. Okay. I get it. Still, pretty good-sized town. You know, you got major sports there, aside from the basketball team, but you don't have free agents who want to go play. And, you know, Michael has not done well in drafting. If you look at some of his... And you could look at what they've done. When he was with Washington, you know, if you're drafting Kwame Brown, that's a bust, dog. Uh, Adam Morrison, that's a bust, dog. Uh... Who's our guy from uh, Wisconsin? Frank Kaminsky. Frank Kaminsky. Bust. Come on, he's giving you like seven and five. He's not even on there anymore. No, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Malik Monk? I don't know. McLovin keeps waiting for Malik Monk to be good. Michael Kidd Gilchrist? Eh. He, he, he had a cameo there of playing well. Probably the best draft pick under the Jordan era in Charlotte is Kemba Walker. Great pick. And he's not there anymore. But, yeah, I, I, look. Michael, as a player, you know, you, you can't, there's nothing you say negative about Michael as a player. He did what you wanted him to do. And you know, Michael, the person, is really what's on trial here with a lot of these, you know, members of the media or former teammates. That's what's, that's what's on trial right now. And him as an owner, that's just, that's for Charles Barkley and him to figure it out one day. Maybe if they ever do. But if Mike has a grudge, he holds the grudge, he squeezes the grudge. He puts a tourniquet on the grudge. It's not going away. Your Hall of Fame speech, and you're calling out Hall of Famers in the audience. Hall of Fame speech, you mentioned the coach who you know, uh, cut you in high school. He doesn't let go of anything. And then the fact that he invents things. You know, maybe he invented Horace Grant as the snitch for the Jordan rules when Horace went to Orlando. You can't put it past him. Poor LeBradford Smith didn't do anything. And he created something out of nothing. So you can't say, well, Mike wouldn't do that because he would, because he did. Uh, Aaron in Tennessee, then we'll take a break there. Aaron, good morning. What do you have for me? Hey, Dan, uh, I was just listening to you talk about Kareem, and I was really excited because I make that argument all the time to my oldest son and his friends that, you know, it really shouldn't be a LeBron jordan conversation if anything it should be a, a kareem jordan conversation because you know as you mentioned you know kareem has had an illustrious career as far as the caller saying that he didn't face anybody if you were to have a list of who are the top 10 centers of all time kareem faced almost all of them whether they were in their prime or he was in his prime throughout his career with the exception of say Shaq yeah. and i don't know george mikan or somebody uh from before then you know, he's faced all those guys, and he's got as many MVPs as Jordan. He's got as many rings. He's, he's obviously the all-time scorer, and he's in the top two or three in rebounds and blocks all-time. So, you know, his accolades are as good, if not better, than the two that are always in the conversation. Thank you, Aaron. But it doesn't fit in with what we want with our superstar now. You got you to gotta be something special. You got to be a celebrity. You know, Kareem wasn't. You know, Kareem was reticent, didn't like talking to the media, didn't trust the media, maybe shy. In fact, when we had him in studio a couple of years ago, like he came in and you could tell that he he just was distant. 
And then he sat down, we started talking baseball and Jackie Robinson, and then he warmed up there. And I just don't forget about the players from yesteryear. That's all this is about. You know, it's the same thing, you know, LeBron, oh, nobody's better than LeBron. And then you see Michael and you go, oh, okay. Like, I, it took me a while to say LeBron was better than Larry Bird, but only because Larry at 31 was just as good as LeBron, if not better at the same age. LeBron has blown away and separated from Larry Bird because of how well he's taking care of himself and he's still a dominating force and here he is leading the league in, uh, in assists. So it's just trying to look at who's great, how great they are, and you do comparisons and that's always dangerous there. But I just like to mention some of these players that they were great in their era. Maybe they don't match up numbers wise or size wise or speed wise, but they were great in their own right. 22 after the hour, we check in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. I was wondering how that uh, story got out that Brady was going to hold this workout at a local high school. And I said to Paulie, Horace Grant's probably going to mm-hmm. get blamed for this. All, all else fails. You'd, from now on, anything goes wrong, we just blame Horace Grant. I think that's the way to go about it. More phone calls coming up. Update the poll results. He's Rick Stroud, the Buccaneers reporter for the Tampa Bay Times, columnist who joins us on the program. Was that an official workout yesterday, Rick, by the Buccaneers? No, it wasn't official, uh, Dan. You know, the backstory of that is that it was uh, Operation Shoeless Joe Jackson, as you know, is what we called it. And I met my reporter and photographer. We put on the black jumpsuits and ski masks and, you know, <laughs> and then out of the Palmettos came Tom Brady. Now, it was just a good old-fashioned stakeout. I mean, it had been out there for a couple of uh, weeks that uh, they were working out at a local high school. It was just hard to get a vantage point. And so we knew when it was happening and uh, good for us. We, we got, got the pictures. Is it legal? I mean, you're open. Florida's open for business. So this isn't an issue. Is this an issue with the NFL? It doesn't seem to be at least yesterday. I mean, here's the key, right? Uh, the state opened a little while ago, but if you listen to, uh, I've known about it since before mother's day, and Cam Bright, who was interviewed by Alex Kalorn on his doc one day, a lightning forward, said that he'd been working out with Brady for a couple of weeks. I mean, virtually. So who's this, you know, how long this has gone on? But uh, I can document one day. And as far as that goes, the state was open. So they're good with it. What's the reaction to Brady working out? Well, I mean, I don't think people are surprised, but, it, you know, we haven't seen the guy uh, other than, you know, reading stories about him going in parks and getting kicked out and, and walking into people's houses. So <laughs> first time we've actually seen him uh, wearing a Buccaneers helmet, uh, the old creamsicle non-contact jersey and uh, and out there throwing to real Buccaneers players. So uh, I think people expected this and, you know, watching him work, you can see uh, just how how precise he is, you know, walking guys through routes, telling them exactly where he wants them to be. And it was a pretty well-organized practice for about two hours. No Gronk sighting yet? Not in, not in practice anyway. I mean, I know, you know, Gronk was in Florida. I think he's, his mom lives in Fort Myers. But who's to say he could have been out there other days? Uh, this is not the first day. So we've not run across him just yet. If I would have told you a year ago, you're going to be staking out a high school, Rick, and Tom Brady is going to be coming out in a Buccaneer helmet, you would have said what? 
I just said, I'm done. That, that you know, they, they got rid of me because I was hallucinating. I mean, this just doesn't happen. Dan, we can't have nice things. And, <laughs> and yet there he was, right? And so people are pretty fired up about it. I mean, this is a franchise that hasn't won or gotten in the playoffs in 12 years, 387 winning percentage. And yet he's going to try to do something that's hard. I mean, he's going to try to do something that Peyton Manning did in Denver. It's not easy. And he's got to learn a bunch of new teammates and a new offense. And uh, I wouldn't get too ahead of ourselves because the New Orleans Saints are pretty good in this division. Yeah, I'm just trying to handicap this. And, and of course, we've talked, and I said I'm all in on the Buccaneers. I was all in on them if Teddy Bridgewater went there. I thought they were going to be a playoff team. I, we know Brady can handle the pressure. I want to know about the other players on the team because now you're expected to do something. Not we hope you do something. We're expecting you. How different is that going to be for this young team? Well, yeah, I think it's going to be really different. I mean, uh, you know, when you have an iconic quarterback, there's just not many of these guys around, right? And so the standard changes, right? If these guys were going to get up and go to the beach with their girlfriends instead of working out, well, now they're not going to do that. I mean, they found out just in the walkthroughs that he's had with them in the practices that uh, it's a different level. And you're on national TV five times. That's happened here uh, never and so, you know, I, I think that that gets your attention as well. So they do have a good uh, nucleus of football players. You know, this was a team that uh, was 7-7 seven and seven at one point. Uh, the quarterback, we know, threw, threw a lot of games away. The defense got better. So they should have high expectations. They got the greatest quarterback of all time. If Jameis Winston throws 30 touchdowns and he throws eight interceptions, who's the quarterback for the Buccaneers this year? Oh, we're not. I mean, I think it's Jameis Winston. I mean, I think you'd still, you know, consider Brady and, and Philip Rivers and all those guys. But at that point, um, that's what you hope for when you signed him, right? He was the number one overall pick. They would have been in the playoffs, number one, and may have won a couple of playoff games. So I don't think we're having that conversation. He's certainly not in New Orleans right now playing for a million dollars. I can tell you that. I'll leave you with this, Rick. The, the, if this season doesn't start on time, they're talking about maybe those first four weeks now go to the back end of the schedule. I'm just curious about the availability of the Super Bowl hotel rooms and all of that it, at that time, like at the end of February, early March. Is that going to be any issue there in Tampa hosting the Super Bowl? Well, it could be. I talked to Rob Higgins, who's the head of the Super Bowl committee, and, and they're focused on the, the February 7th date. But, uh, look, they've got alternative dates. The problem is you can't go to those hotels right now and say, hey, you know, keep this weekend open and that weekend open. If they have to move the schedule back, they'll deal with it then. But I'm sure that they've got a lot of partners here with hotels and restaurants that'll, that'll do everything they can to make those rooms available and uh, you know, they'll find a way to keep people, keep people fed and, and, and housed, I'm sure. Are you going back to practice again with Brady or is that just a, a one and done? Well, from what I hear from the Bucks, it's, it's a one and going someplace else, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the next locale, as soon as we get the uh, Shoeless Joe Jackson source that tells us where it's at. But uh, yeah, they weren't too happy with that whole thing, but it, it was legal. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody was arrested. All right. Thank you, Rick. That's uh, Rick Stroud covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times. Yeah, I was wondering about that. All of a sudden, Brady runs out, trots out, and you start to see some people, and you're probably like, you got to be kidding. This would never happen if I was with the Patriots here. I want to know when Gronk shows up. When Gronk shows up, then it's official there. Yeah, Paulie. And the reporters, they were really in the shrubs. Like if you saw – I saw a shot from one of the local <laughs> papers, and there's like a bunch of bushes and, and shrubs – and there's where they could go. They couldn't go onto the property. So they were in this like adjacent parking lot mm. and they're t- 
tiptoeing over shrubs to get pictures of Brady and his crew. And can you imagine being like a, a reporter and that's what you're doing now? It's fascinating. Media coverage of the Buccaneers, Bush League, question mark. Sorry, Todd. Right. That was workable. Thank you, Tom. I'm surprised that the coach that's been there for 13 years at that uh, prep school, at least he said he had no idea that this practice, how could he not know a guy that's been there almost a decade and a half not know that, that Tom Brady and company are going to be on his field? I'm going to guess it's a must-lie situation where you go, I don't, I didn't know anything. What? Tom Brady was out Talk there? Talk to the athletic director. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, I just love out of you know New England that uh, the media already starting to turn this a little bit. Tom, not dedicated. Man, I, I don't know how much dedication you need where this dude is all in and you go to Super Bowls, what, for their last five years, and all of a sudden he's starting to slack off a little bit here. It's for their last six. Oh, yeah. six, I bet. My bad. For the last, oh, okay, then he did slack off a little bit, Seaton. <laughs> right. For the two last, years. For the last six. Not the last two, but yeah. <laughs> oh, Nick in Arizona. Hey, Nick, what do you have for me today? Hey, DP, six feet, 200. Hey, so you guys earlier were talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and it had me laughing and thinking, who is the greatest backup quarterback of all time, and what even is the criteria for that? Oh, gosh, I don't, I don't know what the criteria would be. Frank Reich had the probably the greatest – well, no, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. So does that make him is is Nick McLovin there? You want to talk here? Super Bowl MVP is that? That's I think you have to. It's wait. Were there other backups like a Don Strock or somebody? Did they ever win the big game? No. Back in the day, no, they never won. Well, didn't Earl Morrill? Yes, I think with the Dolphins. I think. I don't think it was the. It might have been the Colts, but I think Earl Morrill did the same thing. Uh, wasn't there Bob Greasy or Moral, something like that? Yes, he. And to be fair, that Eagles team beat a Patriots team with a checked out Tom Brady. Wow. So they weren't even really trying in that game. He didn't do much in that game, did he? I mean, how many no, yards did he throw? I think, 750. I, I, think I, think. He, I think he only threw for 500 yards. They <laughs> but did, he had a drop. They didn't punt. I don't think they punted. Yeah, and if lost. He, if he had <laughs> practiced harder, if he had practiced harder, he would have caught that now pass. I know. That was. You How know, did they lose that game? <laughs> every unathletic white guy was going, catch the tall oh, Tom, come on. How did they lose that damn game? I know. I know. <laughs> um, Belichick, defensive minded coach, couldn't stomp him. Yeah, McLovin. I'd say, I mean, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but obviously one of the best backup quarterbacks in history is in Dallas right now. Oh, Andrew Dalton, Jr., the third. Yeah, yeah, of course he is. What are his hey, odds who to win the drum? <laughs> what What are his odds to win the MVP this year? If Jameis Winston's odds are the same as Christian McCaffrey, what's Andy Dalton's odds of winning the MVP? Because I'd like to know. Uh, Pablo in Colorado joins us. Hey, Pablo. Hey, Dan. Uh, Pablo, Colorado, six two and two thirty. Hey, DP, got a special request. Uh, my daughter's name is Jessica K. Mendoza, and she just graduated from Colorado State University in sports broadcasting. And as you could imagine, it's a really interesting time to be coming out of college and looking for work in this field. And I just would love for you to give her a word of encouragement here, Dan. Is she there? 
She's not, but oh. I'm going to send her the podcast, my friend, unless there's, you have a better idea. All right. Well, I'll, I'll see if I can come up with something. But uh, congratulations to you, too, as well, Pablo. Uh, Jessica, get ready for a long haul and get ready to hear the word no. But if you really want to do this, then you'll persevere because there are so many people who want to do this. And there is no direct route into this business. There are a lot of opportunities, but there's no direct, you know, if you do this, then you get a job. It just doesn't work that way. And just because you have that degree, that doesn't mean that that puts you higher up on the priority list. It's what you do as an intern, volunteer for everything, anything, get your foot in the door. Once you're in the door, and, and the reason why I say this is just take what I have here. We have about 12 employees, I think, here, and that's everybody, technical people, you know, the director we have, um, Dylan was getting us breakfast a couple of months ago. And, and that's what he would do. That was one of his main jobs is just getting breakfast. He was in the door and now he is working with the big German and he does graphics for the, uh, you know, the telecast on YouTube. He doesn't have to get breakfast anymore. Tyler, the moderator, wasn't, you know, he was doing things, odd jobs behind the scenes. Now he moderates chat row so we we have you have to be in the building to hear about these things or people get to see your personality your work ethic that's really important nowadays but volunteer don't have your handout saying i want to get paid we have an intern rob rob has learned everything from shooting using the camera sound even being a, a director if we need him and he just volunteered that's what you need to do because this business is so competitive and you have to do something that separates you from everybody else or as many people. It's a process of elimination. You're all here. And then what do you do that separates you from these people and then separates you from those that next level? Those are the things. The guys that I have here, you know, Seton, when he started out and where he is now, a big difference. You know, McLovin just came up. He was blogging about the show. And then he became an on-air talent. If you make yourself irreplaceable, that's the important part. Or somebody says, I got to have you on the staff. Those are the really important things. And you're going to get down in the dumps. But don't allow yourself to get down in the dumps. Just understand we all heard the word no. Or you're not good enough. Or you need more experience. Keep in mind, also, my boss at ESPN said, I'm just bleeping talent and didn't say the word bleep and said something else so this is at the peak of my popularity at espn and sports center and i was told you're just bleeping talent i was told by one of my bosses at espn who another one who said you won't get another job if you leave espn it's during contract talks if you leave you won't get another job these are my bosses who say this and this is where I'd already been successful. So uh, you're going to need pep talks and you're going to need people around you who can understand this and tell you that because don't give up if you really want to do this because that'll separate you from a lot of other people. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. We'll check in with UCLA head coach Chip Kelly in the final hour of the show. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app 
at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick show. A couple of phone calls in here. McLovin, update the poll results, please. Which older quarterback will have the most touchdowns this season? It's a blowout. Drew Brees is killing Brady, Ben, and Rivers. Yeah, but I don't know. How many did Brees throw for last year? I saw 27, but he was out for a little while. Okay. Oh, that's right. He missed five games. He's not a huge touchdown guy, though. He's more of a yards guy. In the last, this is probably, what, four years, five years, Brady averages... um, just under two touchdowns per game. Breeze, just over two touchdowns. Roethlisberger, 1.9, and Rivers, 1.8. So you'd expect Drew Breeze having Michael Thomas there. That, But Brady's got some weapons. You, know, you got two good tight ends, and you got two good wide receivers. When's the last time Brady threw for more than 30 touchdowns? Yeah, Paul. The past six years, Brady's averaging about 30 touchdowns and eight picks. That's pretty much average for him. Drew Brees is fascinating because 2014, 15, and 16, he led the league in yardage. Then his yardage went down. In the past three years, he's led the league in, in completion percentage. And his, his interceptions are way down. Yeah. What's the I-team working on here? I sent around a picture from, uh, from the last segment. Oh, you did? Okay. Do you want to help me out with this? There was some Creepy. spotted in the background of one of our shots, one of our Zoom shots at home. If you look at the red circle on the top in, right. Of in the McLovin's table. apartment? Yeah, McLovin. So Paulie said, hey, I just saw one of your kids come down. And I ran up. I thought they needed something in the break. And they're like, we didn't come down. They were sitting comfortably in their beds. And my wife sits by the stairs. She's like, no, nobody came down during the show. So this is freaking me out big time. Wait, it's what like happened? A I think there's a ghost in my apartment because it, it feels like that movie Three Men and a Baby when they spot the ghost. That's what Paulie's photo looks like. I, I saw a, a child sneak down live on, on behind McLovin, and then I asked the, the bros in back to get a screen cap of it. But they're denying it. The kids are deniers. Is there a child in the photo? It looks like it, but they they there's no way they could have come down. I looked there like they're their little virtual classroom. Okay. I don't know. Is my house haunted? Is the question. Maybe your kids aren't telling you the truth here. That's possible, too. Uh, Earl Morrill never won a Super Bowl as a starter. He did start Super Bowl three for the Colts. They lost to the Jets. Started most of the 1972 season for Miami. Bob Greasy came in at halftime of the AFC Championship game. Greasy was the quarterback in uh, the Super Bowl that year when they went undefeated. He threw 11 passes in that Super Bowl. I don't know if that's the fewest passes thrown by a quarterback in the modern era in a Super Bowl. Yes, McLovin. Does Tom Brady count as a backup then, in a way, early on? When he came in for Bledsoe that year, yeah. that was kind of a backup. Yeah. But it's a little different, though, right? Kurt Warner was a backup. Tom Brady's the greatest backup quarterback of all time. <laughs> yes, Eden. Somebody sent in, I don't know if you said this already, but Jeff Hostetler. When he came in for uh, Phil Sims, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I know where this one's going. Well, I brought up mock headlines yesterday, and Todd has mock headlines. What is the topic for mock headlines? The topic is uh, Brady quitting on the Patriots, question mark? Mm. Well, I, I don't know how many people feel this way. I'm just going by what was said on uh, WEI.com. 
where they had somebody who said, uh, Ryan Hannibal, I believe his name is, said that uh, the lack of commitment to his teammates during the offseason for his final two seasons, Brady didn't attend OTAs and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, I, okay. TB, what the hell, Tom? <laughs> Dude, Why'd you quit? My, stole my first one, what the 12? Just sell out. <laughs> Just sell out. Just sell out. <laughs> Brady cheats on old team. Whoa, whoa. Oh, really upset about the what the 12. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> bunge. <laughs> Bleep. Instead of bungeon, it's bunge. Yeah, uh, you got it. Give me two of them that you think are decent here. Okay. The Brady hunch. Some say Brady departed years ago. Uh, okay. Tom Shell. Brady quit on team. <laughs> Tom Shell. Tom Shell. Uh, give me the last one. Buy or Giselle. <laughs> you believe Brady cast chips early? All right, that's good. All right, that's fine. What the fuck, Sparrow? No! Whoa, no. buddy. Whoa, buddy. Fritzy is back. After all those rings, Brady stops answering? What the Bella check? <laughs> Bella checked out. There Bella checked out. Just there help me is. out with that. That's an assist. There we go. All right. Now we're getting it. All right. Todd is back. Not better than ever, but back. <laughs> Uh, I heard you tell. Dave in Minnesota. Hey, Dave, what do you have for me? Hey, uh, Dan, Danettes. Uh, best part of the last dance, I thought, was the uh, video of Scotty Pippen in the locker room in Game 6 of 98. But uh, serious question, as an actor, uh, maybe you can settle the debate between LeBron and Michael and Kareem based on their acting abilities. All right. I thought LeBron was really good with Trainwreck and Amy Schumer. I thought that was that was one of those roles where you went, wow, I didn't expect that. Kareem and Airplane, brilliantly played. So I would probably rank LeBron, Kareem, Michael, as far as acting goes. Final hour coming up. Chip Kelly, UCLA Bruins head coach, will join us. More of your phone calls. Dan and the Dan and Stan Patrick Show.